There are things that we experience but never talk about. A shadow moving in a corner, flickering of the lights, a disembodied voice. We invite you to talk with us, share your story, share your evidence, because this isn't just your story, this is our story. This is Ghostbox Radio. And this is Ghostbox Radio on AM 950, where every week we talk about the paranormal, ufology, Bigfoot, or just the unusual. My name is Greg Bakken, and thank you for ver- uh, very much for joining me today. Brett, who is in today, a rare appearance by Brett Johnson on Ghostbox Radio. I don't I, – I, I, I didn't know if I should have bowed or if I you know, curtsied or what should I have done. I just I, I got to make sure you're still reaching those FCC requirements every once in a while. <laughs> I mean someone's got someone's to monitor the station. So. Well, you know – This I, is the big review today. I wasn't, I wasn't sure if it was because last week I, I had a go at this. Uh, not, not the content but just the fact that you don't know how to use a television. You don't paste – the, the stuff onto the screen. Actually, it's an old you, pl- school television. you plug it in and that's how the image comes on the screen. Uh, do you have your Christmas shopping done, Brett? Uh, relatively done, yeah. There's a couple more things I still got to get, but pretty much set. Everything, everything pa- uh, packed. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you do pack it and you're out. I don't know. But uh, wrapped or? Yeah, pretty much wrapped and still waiting. A couple more Amazon deliveries. That's about all I got set. All I'm going to say is I have another idea for a present that we're going to be talking about ah. today here. So just uh, just, uh, just you wait. It's going to be good. All right? Brett's just like, whatever. Just do the show for goodness sake. <laughs> Author Dan Myers was born in Montana. Growing up around horses fueled his fondness for these majestic creatures, which you will learn about through the series of books that we're going to be talking about today. While as a child, Dan's parents moved the family to Minnesota. While in high school, Dan met a group of friends and they became avid gamers, uh, and they still are to this day, as well as wrestler and baritone. Growing up in a family of 12 children and only one television, Dan rarely watched TV, which fueled his love of reading. Unbeknownst to him, it was then that the first inclinations of this journey began and evolved. Fast forward 40 years, an extra time on his hands with COVID shutdown, Dan finally found time to put his thoughts to paper, and Alejandra Rising, the first book in the Knight's Trial series, was born. Dan is local, and he resides in the suburb of the Twin Cities, perhaps even my suburb. We might share a suburb here, don't we? Uh, with his high school sweetheart, Kelly, and uh, they're celebrating 31 years of marriage in 2022. Congratulations on that. That is fantastic. Uh, two years active military service playing uh, playing in the M60A3 and M1 Abrams tanks. Four years Army Reserve as a combat medic, including a deployment for Desert Storm. His military services introduced him to the Society for Creative Anachronistics. Anachronist, excuse me, where he eagerly learned skills of armoring, winemaking, swordsmithing, and silversmithing. He put his newfound skills to task while in college, earning his bachelor's of science in accounting. Dan, welcome to Ghostbox Radio. Thank you for having me. No, thank you very much for being here. And I'd like to invite all of our listeners to the conversation to do so to ask a question to Dan. And we kind of skirted over what we're talking about today. And we're going to do that in a second because he's an author. And uh, we have this really cool book that we're going to be talking about today. Once you learn more about it, you can call in 952-946-6205. That's 952-946-6205. And uh, we are also live on AM 950 Radio, obviously, but streaming video on the following Facebook pages. You can watch us on AM 950, 
Things Network, Emmett Ghostbox, Free Spirited Network, RU Media, Skeleton Key Network, and Temple of Phoenix Rising Entertainment. So please go to these places, support them, but feel free to leave questions on any of those pages you're watching from as I am monitoring the comments on those pages too if you have any questions. And what we are talking about today is the the book that Dan has written that we're going to be talking about here called Alejandro Rising and it's the first book of uh, the Knight's Trials. And, you know, I, I wanted to get you on here, Dan, first of all, because I'm hoping that we can help move some copies because uh, this is this is pretty amazing. You brought me in on this uh, earlier this year, and uh, I was just, you know, seeing where you were and then how quickly this moved to a finished book is pretty incredible, I think. Yeah, well, it 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 moved quickly, but it, a lot was Already done right. by the time I saw you. But yeah, it was a manuscript when you started helping and we had to get it edited and Roger helped with the editing a lot. Uh, we have a mutual friend, Roger. Yes. And it just it, – that's all I did for like three months. It's, it is pretty incredible. So the book, once again, folks, is called Alejandra Rising – and uh, why don't we talk about what the book is about? Uh, and if we end up going uh, into the second segment with that, that's fine, whatever. I want you to be able to explain a little bit what this book is about because, you know, normally we're talking about paranormal on the show. But today we're talking uh, – it's, it's, it's fair to call it fantasy? Yes, absolutely and, fantasy. And so why don't, why don't uh, Dan, you tell us about the book, please? Sure. Um, it started – Characters from D&D campaigns years and years and years and years ago. Uh, but so while I use the characters and kind of the interaction, uh, really what I try to go for is the interaction from a group of friends who they're not all friends, mm-hmm. right? And it's not that they're not all friendly, but it's like I know you and you know George and Bob and – I, you know, me and you are really good friends and, you know, your friend's good friends with jo- George and Bob. But I'm not great friends with George and Bob. In fact, I really don't like Bob very much at all. And he doesn't like me. But we all go out and do stuff together because, you know, that's our group of friends. Sure. And so that's the kind of dynamic I go through. And, you know, you'll read there's a lot of teasing, a lot of um, roasting between the the characters, but it's really this book is following Alejandre, mm-hmm. and he is preparing for a grand melee, which is held every twenty five years in in the the kingdoms. And it's a great all the knights compete in this, or maybe not all the knights, but knights come from all over to compete in these tournaments. And he's not a knight, so first he has to compete in an open melee. Do well enough in there to get invited to the Grand Melee, and then he needs to win the Grand Melee. And his goal is to get knighted because if a non-noble wins the Grand Melee, tradition is the king grants them a knighthood. Because it makes sense that you're going to have – if knights are winning, that you want the winner to be a knight. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It- so if if uh, Alejandre is not a knight, what is his motivation to want to do and be in the melee? Well, he uh, is in love with a 
princess of the southern kingdom. It's always love, isn't it? Yep. It's, <laughs> it's always a girl. Yep. It always is. <laughs> um, so he's in love with the princess of the southern kingdom. Mm-hmm. And now that kingdom was actually taken over by the golden elf. So it's really no longer in place. And while he would it would probably be acceptable for him to marry her and for them to be together he sees it as that would be such a loss of honor and reputation for her that he will not do that got it so he he insists on becoming knighted um before uh he'll propose to her and so she's been waiting and she's been waiting a long time because uh, he's been trying to get knighted for about ten years, and she is younger than him, so so there's some chivalry in a sense, yes, to it as well. Which I mean, so so Alejandre is a very uh, he, he's a, he's noble. He it sounds like he holds the uh, the attributes of a knight or what you'd expect a knight to yes. be. Do we find within the books that what maybe what I think a knight would be we find that there are knights that are not like that or yeah there's knights of all sorts yeah <laughs> yeah like, and just like any other profession right um yeah. yeah you have some people who are sticklers for the rules some people who use the rules for their advantage some people who yeah you know i'll follow the rules if it's convenient but mm-hmm. I'm not such a stickler. Um, so among the knight class, and there's also knights and there's paladins, and paladins tend to be much more knightly. Is that a, is that a because I am you know you know I'm I'm not a I don't know a lot about fantasy books and stuff in general. Is that a term you came up with? No, no, so that, that's a certain type paladin. Of... Actually, um, uh, Charlemagne had the paladin. So way back, way yeah. back in in English history. Yeah, European history. Uh, yep, it was that was I believe a term used back then. But D and D uses it, Got it as a holy warrior, mm-hmm. and they are kind of holy warriors in a sense in that they're not raised; they're raised by a priest, not a regent. Mm-hmm. Um, knights are raised by regents; they have to have the stamp of approval from a regent in order to be a knight. Got it. Paladins are raised by a priest. And, you know, they follow a lot of the same code, but mm-hmm. they have different – because they're blessed, they have certain, you know, innate abilities. And this sounds very D&D-ish. Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, D&D is, uh, is, a, is, is the g- groundwork for a lot of fantasy, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just, just what it is. I mean, it's been a standard for – what forty five fifty years of for for role playing even and, longer I think started it in the sixties that long okay late sixties so. okay yeah so I mean it's it's that's just how it is where does this universe take place where where does where does, where does this all take place well it's a section of a world and it's a world that was created by the four spirits um, and as far as you know. so this is the first book so i haven't really delved into that a lot sure um but yeah it was the four spirits control all the magic in the world and the you know the creation story i haven't really i've hinted at but not gotten into real depth and that's as you go through the books you'll get 
more of that creation story. Because you don't want to give it out all at once. Well, it's just boring in, yeah. to sit there and say, in the beginning. Right, right. Know? It's just really, And then, you're, then you, in book one, are bound to it yeah. by book whatever. Yep. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Let's do this, Dan. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with author Dan Myers. You're listening to Ghost Box Radio on AM 950. Reach your highest level of consciousness and well-being with MetamorphosisConnections.com. MetamorphosisConnections.com is an online directory of the best holistic and metaphysical practitioners to help you make your most informed choices. You can search MetamorphosisConnections.com for classes, events, wellness and life coaches, plus metaphysical products and shops. You can also search for a wide array of healers from all modalities including EFT, sound healing, energy healing, light therapy, ancestral healing, shamanic healing, reflexology, past life regressions, hypnotherapy, yoga, and more. And if you're not sure where to start, the search feature on metamorphosisconnections.com is tailored to help both those who know what they are looking for and those who are just starting. Come explore the possibilities for your higher self by visiting metamorphosisconnections.com. Their experienced practitioners can guide both beginners and those that are already on their spiritual journey. That's metamorphosisconnection.com, your link to direct you on your spiritual transformation. Are you dreading Monday, hating life, and living for the weekends? It might be time for some life changes. Pamela Topchian is a board-certified hypnotherapist at hypnobreakthrough.com, and she can help. Consultations are always free, and you will also receive a complimentary sample session to try out. Folks, I highly recommend this. Uh, get in touch with hypnobreakthrough.com or send a message on social media, hypnobreakthrough or, or uh, Pamela Marie Topchian. This is what happens when you read ahead. And uh, get those uh, get those. Uh, uh, sessions going for you. Also, I wanted to congratulate Char Savoy. You might have heard her voice uh, doing a commercial for Metamorphosis Connection. That is her company, and congratulations to her for uh, joining the family over at AM950 as a sponsor for Ghostbox Radio. Please make sure that you go check out metamorphosisconnections.com and uh, check out what they can do and how they can help you as well. Now, welcome back to Ghost Box Radio on AM 950. My name is Greg Bach, and thank you for joining us. Our guest today is Dan Myers, who is the author to the Alejandre Rising, the first book in the Knight's Trial series. You can get the book on Amazon.com. But also, please check out his Facebook page, The Knight's Trials, because that's where all the updates are going to be for the upcoming books. And you can also see what other people are thinking about the books as well. And uh, Dan, uh, I mean, right now, Quite, quite the journey, right? Oh, it's it's been wonderful. It really has. As a, as a, I mean, I can see the smiling face, and I've known you for a long time. So, I mean, I don't remember ever seeing you smile. So, I mean, this has to be this has to be pretty amazing, you know. Uh, you and I, you and I have known each other for over thirty years. Yeah, you know that isn't yep. that something? That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Since the eighties. I I can almost imagine that I, I can be very honest, and this isn't a rip on you or anything. I never imagined you write a book. You probably never imagined being in a studio with me doing a radio show, interviewing you about said <laughs> book. So I mean, that's that's pretty incredible. A couple of comments from uh, the folks on Facebook. First of all, Brad Webb uh, says, "Thank you for your service, Dan. Absolutely, and congratulations on the many years of marriage." Uh, where is the book available for purchase? Amazon.com, is that the only, I mean, 
where else? No, uh, Uncle Hugo's uh, drop, dropped off. There's a couple. There's one on I, – and I should know the names of these. And if I'd known I was going to be asked, I would have known them. Well, it was a radio interview. <laughs> I guess maybe I wasn't clear that it was, I was interviewing about the book. I'll be better next time. No, about uh, that. Um, there's one on Hennepin in like 31st and mm-hmm. then there's one in Northeast off a of second. Um, and uh, I went to like 40 bookstores and tried to get – ones to sell them but those three picked them up and then amazon and then if you go to wyvern zary mm-hmm. you can get the paperback or the hardcover and um uh, if you order them through wyvern zary i will sign them and you know give you the cool bookmark and and, and where is that again because that was kind of quickly that you said that yeah it's www.wyverns w-y-v-e-r-n-s airy A-E-R-I-E dot com. There it is. Um, And you can go to www.thenightstrials.com and that will bring you to the same place. And also Amazon. And Amazon has all three of them as well. Nice. And I dropped the price to the e-book to like $2.99 so it's very affordable. Well, that is very affordable and there's a lot here. And we don't have it figured out exactly yet but we're giving a book away through the station. Uh, Dan was kind enough to or give us a copy. Or you can just give it away to somebody you like. <laughs> well, we'll be giving <laughs> However it a, you want to we'll, do it. We're going to be giving it away to Brett after the show. Uh, <laughs> no, we're going to – I think we should do that. I think we should give it away uh, probably in January because uh, the next couple episodes, we're going to be doing things a little bit more remote due to the holidays. But why don't we do that then? That um, sounds great. We'll have, you sa- we'll have you sign it and uh, we'll give it away and I think it's going to be great. Uh, and just so you know, this is a shorter segment. So you're going to get into answering a question. I'll be cutting you off, but that's okay. We have two more afterwards. No but you know, the one thing that I was really curious about is how on earth do you plan something like this, let alone a book with all the characters? I mean, a book of this size is going to have more than like three characters in it. Uh, you know, I look at one of my favorite properties is Star Wars and the most recent trilogy that ends with Rise of Skywalker. I walked away thinking you had a lot of money to plan out a, a three films that makes it cohesive and that did not happen. What are you doing to, to kind of keep track of everything in this? Um, so they talk about plotters and pantsers, you know, whether you plot everything out or you go by the seat of your pants. And I'm mm-hmm. definitely a plotter. Um, so I started off with just kind of my story arcs and the story arcs I wanted within the book. Mm-hmm. So even like some of the minor story arcs, I just kind of plotted out every major event and then you know had that listed down and then kind of fit those together in the series of three books. And so those – some of them arc through all three books. Some mm-hmm. of them are done in one book and they just keep going on. I mean it has to be fun but also time-consuming to be like, OK, this is Alejandri. This is, this is what he likes. This is what he doesn't like. He's you know, kryptonite, not kryptonite, you know, all that stuff. And I mean because you have to have that kind of figured out or do you also when you're writing the book – that you're just like, oop, I just got a new character trait from. I'm going to add that to the list. Um, so I try not to do that. Okay. <laughs> but uh, so as I said, a lot of these are based on D&D characters from years and years ago. So sure. I would – for their 
personalities, I was pretty, you know, sure of them or I understood what I wanted them to be. I did write little bios for each one. Yep. And then I wrote a couple short stories as well mm-hmm. to try to oh, nice. flesh out. And, you know, they're not published or anything. They probably will never be published. But just to kind of flesh out formative things in people's lives because, you know, what – you can say, oh, he's, you know, afraid of fire. But, you know, somebody's not just afraid of fire for no reason. Sure. There's a formative event that, that caused them to be afraid of fire. And so I tried to build those into the backstories. When I would write for my blog, which was always nonfiction, but mm-hmm. that was always the thing too I always thought of. If I'm writing a sentence, I need to back it up somehow, right? And that's kind of this – I mean that's a really good point that you bring up. It's like he doesn't like anchovies. You know, that's just – you know, I'm just yeah. saying, uh, well, why? I mean even if it's just like – He's allergic. That's something. It's better than just like, oh, it's just something we needed to put in there for a prop up of a, yeah. of a plot opposed to actually something that is well worth the time to actually put it in there for. Yeah, and and if you're going to have it be a plot point, right, he doesn't like anchovies, you can't just bring it up at the time of the plot point. Mm-hmm. You know, And that was actually something I did very often was bring stuff up when they mattered and you know, so – Roger and my editors for a number of things said, you know what, this is sudden. You need to foreshadow this. So if you're going to say he doesn't like anchovies, you got to have a meal early on. And he's like, oh, anchovies, I can't eat this. I just realized I don't like anchovies. But it's a good point. I mean, and I mean Roger, once again, who I've known longer than you, mm-hmm. uh, is is absolutely perfect because he loves these worlds, and he is he is such an analyst, you know, such a creative and analytical thinker at the same time that it was a perfect, a perfect help for you. Yeah, absolutely. And he did so much as far as developmental, just to make it readable to somebody else. Because I tend to get verbose and overdescribe, and because I've got an analytical mind. Sure. And. I want every detail. Because you're a counting monster. Yes. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Why don't we do this? Let's take another break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Dan Myers. You are listening to Ghost Box Radio on AM 950. If you own a holistic or metaphysical business and are looking to expand, then you need to be listed on metamorphosisconnections.com. It's a network where you can grow with like-minded practitioners and reach new clients. Metamorphosisconnections.com is an online directory you need to list yourself and your business. Our platform makes it easy for you to create listings of your products and services, and you can also choose to list your classes, events, and so much more. MetamorphosisConnections.com helps you create weekly and monthly promotional ads targeted towards your potential clients and promotes them for you via social media and newsletter. There are clients searching for your specialty right now. Let us help them find you. Start your listing today so you can share your own unique gifts and talents by finding the level of membership that best fits your needs. Let us help you reach your clients that are searching for what you do. Visit metamorphosisconnections.com and sign up today. 
What are you doing to bring in the new year? Why not come out to Northeast Minneapolis and go to Let's Dance New Year's Eve dance party that runs December 31st from 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. at the beautiful PA Hall, once again in Northeast Minneapolis, with DJ Midnight Music Club presented by Rogue Buddha Gallery and the Northeast Social. Social just learning to speak over here, for a limited time only, buy one general admission ticket and get the second free. For more information and to get your tickets, visit roguebuddha.com forward slash NYE. You dance to your heart's galore on the spacious dance floor within the historic PNA Hall, which is truly amazing. Located in the heart of Northeast Arts District, DJ Midnight Music Club will be spitting the very best 80s new wave, synth wave, and pop dance hits from 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. Once again, go get your tickets, roguebuddha.com forward slash NYE. If I can, I'm definitely going to be there because I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I've been... My goodness, the PNA Hall has been a part of my life, the whole my whole my whole life, because a lot of weddings and stuff were there for my family. My parents had their wedding reception there back in 1964, so that place actually means quite a bit to me. And I also just want to throw in too, in that building is the Rogue Buddha Gallery, and uh, please go check that place out. We're going to be talking a little bit more with its owner Nick, hopefully very soon, uh, but. He does amazing artwork. Check it out. It's beautiful, and hopefully we'll be doing some more stuff over there as well. So definitely check it out. I also want to say I mentioned last week that our next Ghost Stories and Beyond in Billy's in, uh, in Anoka, we're going to have Dave Schrader there, and tickets have sold out. But what we're going to try to do is we're going to try and open up more space for um, – People to buy tickets. We're working with Billy's. We'll know this week. Please uh, check out my show page on AM950 or on Facebook, MN Ghost Box, which is my page, to uh, see what the what the situation is. We're getting a lot of requests. People want to see Dave Schrader. He wants to see more people. So hopefully we'll have some more information on that very soon. If you miss Ghost Box Radio with Greg Bakken Live, AM 950 replays these episodes Saturday nights at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Or you can listen anytime by going to Spotify or iTunes. After listening, please leave a positive review for my show. I'd greatly appreciate it. Our guest today is Dan Myers, who's the author to the book Alejandra Rising, the first book in the Night's Trials series. You can get the book on Amazon.com. But please also check out his Facebook page, The Night's Trial. And... Uh, you know, Dan, what I like to do on here is is also talk about some really positive things that are going on. For example, I was really positive and supportive when Brett decided to make a model of the White House out of popsicle sticks. So I'm just that kind of person that just really wants to, you know, you know, Brett. I mean, come absolutely, on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's what I, I put a lot of work into that. It yeah. was beautiful. It was beautiful. I mean, that it was wasn't my Christmas present. It wasn't white, but you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Close. <laughs> Close enough. Uh, he actually didn't do anything of the sort. Um, but the idea, what I, what the positive thing for me is taken out of here, is that you took a dream with Alejandro Rising. You decided you wanted to write, and and I please don't think ill of me for this. When you said you're writing a book, I didn't know what to think of it. <laughs> I just didn't think. Of, I mean, then that's my small mindedness. But no, I, it, I didn't think about it. You know, it's it's. Anybody who knows me does not think of me as a creative writer. So here we are. I mean, and so even if you yourself is like, I'm not so sure. How did you? How did you make this dream a reality? 
Um, well, I started writing, uh, and I actually started writing this like 25 years ago. Okay. And then I had written a bunch, and then my computer crashed, and I lost everything. Oh, goodness. And I was like, okay, it's just not meant to be. And went about another 10, 15 years and started writing it again and kind of got off it and tried to go back to it, and I couldn't find any of the files. And I was like, once again, I was just like, okay, maybe it's not meant to be. And then with COVID, uh, got laid off, and so I was driving Lyft to pay the bills, and I was just bored out of my skull because – you know, I, I am very analytical. I like puzzles. I like that sort of thing. And so I just said, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm just going to finally write this book. And I sat down. I spent a couple weeks doing all the outlines and all that. And then I just sat down and started writing and didn't bother doing any research because <laughs> that's how I am. Yeah. And uh, that cost me a lot of caused me a lot of problems but uh just kind of hammered it out and my you know my wife was like oh you want to come in and watch tv no i gotta write um so she put up with a lot um of me not being around because i was sitting tapping on my keyboard you know we were talking during break about kelly uh dan's wife and uh just talking about i mean from the 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 limited work or or help or whatever i i sat in when you were at the stages of getting it done, I just the the one thing that just kept coming back was it just her support and and your daughter's support. I know it was all your kids, but I mean what I saw, and especially Kelly, just I mean what a absolute uh, cheerleader for you. Oh yes, and she's she has been very helpful because she'll she's she's not a huge fantasy reader. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know she'd be a romance novel if she's going to read something but you know she read and she helped with the characters and would you know give me ideas on how people should act and do stuff um throughout it so yeah and i would like bounce ideas off of her Mm -hmm. and she'd give me her feedback and uh, it's kind of useful hearing stuff from somebody who's not a fan of the genre yeah to get their kind of opinion because, you know, for me, I, I just cannot look at my work objectively. It's a truly a fresh eye yeah. looking at all this, which is pretty cool. And then, you know, when you said doing the doing the homework, doing the research on this, you know, I don't know about you, Dan, but I've read so many like self-published books that they are – they're good books. They have good subjects and stuff, but they're so horribly laid out. They're just so you know they're just not good, uh, and it's just like missed opportunities. So, you know, even though you're like, well, I, I started late on that. I mean, congratulations for doing it at all, because some people are just going to write, and it'll be like maybe a first draft, maybe a little bit more. But you really went through all the all the steps mm-hmm. to get it to to get it just right, and it seems like that it's paid off for you. Yeah, I, I think so. I think I've got a very good book. Um, but yes, yeah, so my first draft was just a monstrosity. <laughs> um, really, I cut like twenty five percent of the the first draft mm-hmm. um, because there's just a lot of stuff that was world building and was you know building characters and explaining how the world work, worked and the editors were just like, 
no, this doesn't add to the story. Cut it. And and it's hard to you know to take four pages of stuff that you've written and just go right. and shred it and leave, leave it. And and meanwhile, someone who's reading Alejandro Rising for the first time will never know it wasn't that it was missing. Correct. You know that's the funny thing about it, right? Because it really didn't add to the story. Yeah, yeah. That's, hard as that is for me to hear. But you still have it, though, right? So I mean, yeah. that's the thing. I mean, it's still there. I mean, maybe and and I mean, do you ever think that any of those like uh, excised pieces or just ideas that didn't quite make it? I mean, they could be repurposed too at some point, possibly. I mean, I don't know. But I mean, there's always the internal optimist in me that thinks that you know things either you know that anything can be reused or or build upon. Yeah, so there's a couple characters that we cut out entirely mm-hmm. and there's a couple descriptions and stuff that yeah, and and that's why I say when you spread it out over 3 books, they might find their way back in in later books. Yeah. But instead of just being a you know, dump of knowledge, it's going to be worked into conversation or so it's important to have it and have done it, but the way I presented it in the book was not the most conducive to having a good readable story. No, and I mean that's that's. Uh, I think I think it has to be the hardest thing in the world to write fiction and and edit it. Mm-hmm. I think that I mean I just can't imagine. Well, there, there's a joke: is how many authors does it? Ch- Take to change a light bulb. It's like, I'm not changing anything. <laughs> and I've read a couple books from people who didn't want to change anything. And, you know, they can be unreadable because um, there's more to the editing. I mean, I go through a developmental editor. I go through a beta reader, which is Roger. Yeah. I go through a editorial editor. And then, then when all that's done, I do the proofing and line edit. And a lot of people just think, oh, I got to do the proofing and line edit and make sure my sentences are correct. And it's like, no, there's there's a lot into the story that as you as a writer, just you, you can't. You no. can't do it. It's got to be somebody who's seeing it for the first time, doesn't know anything. And that's – they're giving you their opinion on what somebody who doesn't know anything about it thinks about your story. Now, did did you have to go through a phase, or maybe you haven't got there yet, where you realize that every author is going through what you're going through? So if you're just if there, I mean, because I can imagine that there might be some stuff that happens that you just like you're going to get feedback, and you just be like, oh gosh, you know, you know, certain authors, I can't imagine that they run into this. I'm I'm no good at this, but everyone goes through this. Are you have you gotten to that stage to be like? This is just the creative process and it's okay. I'm not a failure yeah. as an author. Oh, I, 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 I don't know if I've gotten that far along. But uh, absolutely because when you first get those editing notes, you're just – why? I, yeah, just I, like I'm this, done? Yeah. I, this is just – Well, screw this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean pretty much. And it's hard not to take them personally. Absolutely. And – so the first time, like, I went through it and I was just like – I was writing responses and no, this is it and, you know, rationalizing everything and I slept on it for a few days and then I went back and then I looked at it and really looked at it as is this a valid statement and instead of 
trying to rationalize why they were wrong. I went instead and said, okay, how would I prove to them that they're wrong? And a lot of them I couldn't and I scratched it. That takes that takes some real, real self-edit. My goodness. Well done on that. Let's do this. Let's take our final break. When we come back, we're going to finish our conversation with author Dan Myers. You're listening to Ghost Box Radio on AM 950. And next week on Ghost Box Radio with Greg Bakken, it's Christmas Day. And I ask that you take some time from your Christmas Day schedule and listen to us as we're going to be talking about the history of Christmas ghost stories. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not a big thing in the U.S., but it certainly is everywhere else around the world. So definitely check it out. It's going to be quite the episode. And, in fact, I am going to be recording something with Matt McNeil uh, tomorrow that's going to be running, I think, during his show this week. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that he's recovering pretty well, it sounds like, Brett. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's still recovering. He's at home. He's really chopping at the bit to get back on the airwaves. We're telling him we got to slow down a little bit, Matt, and recover. But uh, yeah, he's in good spirits and really excited to get back so, on. So happy to hear that. So to please uh, check that out uh, with the Matt McNeil show this week and also uh, my show. A week from today. For our final segment, we return to our guest today, Dan Myers, who's the author to the book Alejandre Rising, the first book in the Knight's Trial series. You can get the book on Amazon.com. There's other places as well. We're going to be talking about that at the end of the show. Plus, check out his Facebook page, The Knight's Trials. You know, Dan, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big British television guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was an interview by a writer of a series called Mulberry. And it only it was meant to run for three seasons. It only ran for two. And there was an interview with him, the the writer, talking about what was going to happen to some of these characters in the third season if it was made. And he was explaining about one of them who was an elderly woman and that she was going to transition out of this life. And that was the purpose of this character, Mulberry. When he is explaining it, he starts to cry because he's that invested in that character. Did you run into any sort of emotional... Uh, you didn't, did you? I can see on your face. You're just like I wrote it on the page, and <laughs> no, I mean, there's some of the dialogue that I, I don't lie to me. Uh, you know, I have a not vested interest or emotional <clears throat> interest with uh, some of them, but some of the dialogue I just I thought was really. I was amazed that I was able to write it. Put it that way, and that's fair. Uh, you know, the the thing about that is that it's. You know, you're going to get to the point that I mean, you have there's currently three books, right? That you're planning for uh, the Knight's Trials, correct? And you know, you're already you're well on your way with two, right? Yep. And three is all of them are effectively written. Yeah. Now it's going through, and so I'm editing the second book, and the third one, I'm learning what I. Or taking what I learned from yep. editing the first two books, and trying not to present those same dumb things to the to the editors. Abs- so absolutely, I, I'm trying to get better. And then, but this doesn't mean the end of the universe for for no. this this world. No, no, actually, um, this is just a story arc of the Knights' trials, and that'll be explained in the third book. Mm-hmm. And then there's actually more. I have more stories related to this world and some of these characters uh, that goes on and some of them go in and out 
um, like Fairwind. Well, yeah, you don't want to give away. So in this book, <laughs> Fairwind's being courted. Yeah, um, and she has her protector Braxlow, and uh, you know th- those two are two of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I so, but throughout the three books, that relationship changes be you know it just you, and you got to read it you're going to have yeah, to read you're it you're going to have to really read it to find out how but, and and uh how but you have you just pretty much for the other books beyond uh the night's trials have you have you just started putting ideas together or or are they just thoughts or i'm just curious about how far you kind of are at this so the fourth book um was I started mapping that out because I was going to have it be part of the book, but mm-hmm. it just it doesn't make sense because there there's a monumental change at the end of book three, and it just basically resets a lot. And so, book four, if not, it won't be book four, but the next book in this world um, would take pl- place right you know after this, but. It's going to have some new characters and it's going to have some of the minor characters from this book that become more prominent. And I don't want to give stuff away, you, but they're going to do more stuff. Do you kind of look at it as a bit of a toy box in the sense that you have you have created these characters and it's like I get to do this with them and I get to do that. This is my world. This is my everything and this is – I have the control. Somewhat, but let me – one of my pet peeves about shows is they have this cast of characters. And like TV shows have to do this. They absolutely have to do it. They've got a cast of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, Walking Dead is actually one that was pretty good about rotating different mm-hmm. people in. Mm-hmm. Um, but in order to tell this story, they need people with this personality trait and this personality trait and this personality trait. And so – they have characters throughout the series change personalities like multiple times. Sure. And I didn't want to do that. No. So what I do is I have minor characters that grow and then as I said some characters will go away just through the natural you know progression and new characters will come in. And so that's how I handle that um instead of you know, you just have the same cast of characters over and over. So sure. that's the, the the last book would actually have a couple of the same people, the same major characters, but um, like Fairwind's gone. And- sure, sure. So, you know, once again, you know, I, I just really – and one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on today, first of all, being local radio show, I really wanted to make sure that – especially the folks in Minnesota listening that uh, we have a local author here who just is is putting a lot into a really good book. And a lot of people, especially on the station, love to read. They love to do different things. So I really wanted to have hopefully get people to understand your, your process and, and support. And that's what I'm really hoping that people will do is support and buy your book. So once again, uh, the book is – you know, at the very basic, is available on Amazon. Mm-hmm. But once again, where else can they get it? Uh, they can get it through Uncle Hugo's. Yep. Uh, they should ask their local bookstore. Yeah, because the bookstores can go get it like they can any other book. Yeah, 
and it is at the standard rate. So, you know, it's going to be the same profit, whatever, for them as any other book. Yeah. So <laughs> ask your local bookstore. That's great. Um, Nightstrials.com or wyvernsairy.com. Um if you email me on Facebook, I'll, you know, I'll and, figure out a way to hook you up with a book. And the Knights Trial on Facebook, the the Knights Trial, the Knights Trial group on yep. Facebook yep. as well. Because you do uh, rooms at certain conventions like Convergence next year. Yep. And there'll probably be more things added. So if you want to see where Dan's going, KnightsTrial dot com as well as the Facebook page. Correct. You can see where you are and what you're doing and all that good stuff too. Yeah, and I, I'm hoping that uh, when book two is released to do some book signings at book, some of the bookstores around town. So that would – again, those announcements would be in Night's Trials or uh, the Night's Trial Facebook page or on the website. And you know, I, I mean everybody knows somebody who wants these sort of books and stuff. So you know, once again – Dan Myers is the author to the book Alejandra Rising, the first book in the Knight's Trials series. You can get the book on Amazon and everywhere that we just talked about, including uh, the website again is? www.thenightstrials.com or www.wyvernsairy.com. Dan, thank you very much for being thank on the show today. Thank you for today. having me. It's been a blast. My pleasure. And we'll see you next week talking about Christmas stories. Merry Christmas, everyone.